David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients. Safe, clean kitchens, all that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why Why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs- much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go, what is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm -hmm. So Farmer's Dog isn't just no. higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter <laughs> if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. Here's a question for you, because yeah. I have a few of uh, my own personal thing, but uh, in the studio uh -huh. with a sketch, what were the ones that just killed the hardest or made you laugh the hardest? And it's probably dozens of them, but I have one in mind that I was in that I didn't write, but it went to a level of laughter and involved an animal. Oh. Massive head wound hair. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because an animal, you know. A dog. Was like the thing. Bedlam. But also the headline of it, massive head wound hair. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of go, what? that's an odd sitcom. You know, I With thought the that was, yeah. and Jack Handy said that's such an odd title, but I think it was, it was a Schneider's idea. I think, I think it was Schneider and probably a few other people yeah. helped, but I think wrong. Maybe they gangbanged Franken too. But that was just one of those things that they said between dress and air, like Robert asked the handler of the dog, well, what would make him really voracious? Well, so they didn't feed him. He was hungry and then put more stuff on my prosthetic head. So the dog went crazy. And because I was trained by you, I didn't want to be about the right. prosthesis coming yeah. off. So I went like that and just held it. But yeah. it, it was such a long battle between me and the dog. That and, you, and you kept in it. Yeah. You I stayed stay in it. I didn't want it to be in. about that. And you didn't milk it. No. And, and I not. think that's the discipline of it. You know, that they you transcend it. You're still playing. Um, yeah. You don't want it. When it's killing that hard. It was like Pepper Boy with Sandler. Eh, and Pepper Boy. That was killing so hard on air. It just came out, and Sandler and I were just in a rhythm together. Yeah. And then Farley had one line, and on the dress <laughs> show, it's Angrily. like, whoa, Pepper Boy. So then the air show, and of course, we're coming around the leg of Pepper or whatever, and Farley's <laughs> like, well, thank you, Pepper Boy. <laughs> but 10 times louder than I just said it. Yeah. Sandler turns purple, is turning away from the camera to me, and I whisper, I keep the Italian accent, and I go, don't the break. 
Oh, yeah. And he didn't break because I thought the sketch yeah. was going so good yeah. that it's I didn't want it to. It. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. If it's, it's not going of, good, okay, you can break, but not, not if it's good. But gonna, also, a sketch like Canteen Boy with Alec oh, and yeah. Yeah. around the campfire. Sleeping yeah. It wouldn't and, get too far these days. Yeah. Oh, my God. That Even was back a little, then, it was resistance. Oh, yeah, totally. So when you get, uh, obviously, it gets, it's probably still exciting. And, would you ever want to stop, or, is there, or, or if Dane and I can't take uh, over? I, th- what I do think we there's do? times when it's so <laughs> frustrating and so whatever that uh-huh. you think. Uh, but you know, when that the warm up is over, you know, and it's just you're hearing those last two songs, just the mm-hmm. band, mm-hmm. and you know those songs because they don't change much, mm-hmm. and then you start to realize you're. You're kind of excited, mm-hmm. and that, that's never changed for yeah. me. No, I don't. I think you just you're like anyone who's driven. You you take the slings and arrows. Yeah. But we, I didn't really understand what you did until I guest hosted, and was just kind of you hang out with you kind of more. Yeah. And even if you're going out to dinner or whatever, you're constantly producing and constantly thinking and suggesting, and you're really bleeding over every show emotionally. So how do you decompress? I mean, are you? Uh, it's like well, I think it, it, it's different when you have kids because that they you take know you the, go to the party, you come back, and then somebody's jumping on your chest, and you can still taste the beer. And uh, <laughs> but they're the priority, and you're right. not, and that you get through that period. I I, I think for me, uh, and particularly in the pandemic, uh, and with and for the whole of the. the 16 election and afterwards, mm-hmm. you sort of went, oh, people are counting on us, talking about yeah. it and being there. And that was like a, a huge thing. And when we did those at-home shows in the pandemic, yeah, you know, the idea that, and it always, is, it's just the DNA of the show, we show up. So you mm-hmm. sort of feel mm-hmm. you, with 9-11 or whatever that you have yeah. to, and you know, when uh, uh, when Sandy Hook happened, you know, and McCartney was on the show, and uh, and Marty Short, and it happened on the Friday. Uh, Oof. Was when it, that's you know, the toughest. And I go, we don't have to do that. I don't know why we have to do that. Uh, and then Friday night, you can't not do it. You can't somehow figure it out. And there was a a, a choir, a boys' choir. Oh yes, uh, that was on for wonderful Christmas time with McCarty. Which I remember was, that sketch. Yeah, yes, that was. And so Marty shouted, "Martin Short, yeah, trying yeah, yeah. you can't Paul, sing." Is this where yeah. Paul talked yeah. about this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were. Uh, it also happened to be the Friday night that they were shooting the last scene of Thirty Rock. Alec on a boat down South Street Seaport, mm-hmm. and uh, I promised Tina. And, and Robert and Alec, did I be there for that? So I'm driving down the west, the uh, west side highway now, and I, I'm still trying to figure out uh, and what I'm going to do because we don't have an opening. And Paul had said, uh, McCarty had said, uh, I, "I'll do. I can sing, you know." But I thought it's kids; you just can't do any show business. Right. Do you know what I mean? You could do "Let It Be," whatever, but it would it would be somehow wrong. Hmm. And I called Lindsay and said, will you call the, the choir master and see if he's got a chart on on Silent Night? And uh, and she called back and she said, they do. And, I, and they, have the co- they have the choir, yeah. And, so okay. it became like, we're going to just do that. I knew Phil Hobbs where he put the, the, the great lighting designer. Yeah, and it was like, so 
uh, they do it, and then they, uh, and then they say live from New York, and it did not work at Dress. And I went, oh. yeah, boy. Okay, now this is where you have to. And then your brain. Mar Marty told me the story because he was watching me, and he said, "You went, you were so puzzling with it while you were giving notes, like what is it?" And then dipped black. Just dip the black, that ends, and then the kids being happy and saying live for New York was completely understandable and forgivable. It was you couldn't bleed the one into the I other. Mm. And so it was like, oh, and it worked. And you kind of go, you don't know, but you're like, when you're mixing tragedy in, very tough. You, you need tough. jokes, but also it just is, you're supposed to do it. So you're And finding out. that line, you know. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. So, that sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Paul McCartney, I thank you for introducing us <laughs> in no, 1986. And, and he's, you know, I think he doesn't get credit for being a rocker. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think the cliche was that John was, and he was, you know, sentimental. Soft, and so, yeah. You know, but half the rock, you know, Jojo, that's Paul. Yeah, um, and Helter and, Skelter. Yeah, Helter Skelter. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that he suffers from uh, a good problem in a way. Too many great songs. Yeah. People hear Let It Be and Hey Jude. They yeah. don't hear Here, There, and Everywhere. Yeah. And, and She's Leaving Home. He has so many melodies that you can't even remind people. Yeah, and when people criticize him because I, you know. I, You're very good friends. Yeah. Uh, I go, no, he's Mozart. Leave Unbel it alone. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just stop it. He writes yes. great melodies. That's who he is. Yeah. And, uh, and someday you'll get a perspective on it. But it's really, and I saw his last concert at the Meadowlands. Mm -hmm. uh, and what was interesting, it was like three hours. Yeah. And, uh, he did, you know, I mean, things you thought you would see for sure weren't in the show. Right. It, it was really well thought out mm -hmm. and, and fresh and brilliant. And about 10, 15 minutes before it ended, it started to rain. And this is at, you know, the Meadowlands. Mm -hmm. No one moved. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, everybody just sat sort there. Sort of a once in a lifetime. And you yeah. go, and it was the last time he was going to perform, and in America anyway. And it was just magical. And for mm -hmm. me, it was, I mean, Love Me Do is I'm a freshman. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. that's the point of entry. And I think it's all, uh, you know, in the Stones I saw in London this summer too, and, and just phenomenal. Love and, them. Yeah. And it's just that thing of their you want them to be that. Yes. You don't need sure. them to, you know, and if Sinatra was singing, 
Yeah, you want to hear Summer Wind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think they'd get back the documentary kind of couch, Paul, in a better light. I think there's a little bit more understanding because he, he could sing all also. the harmony, harmonies, he could play all the instruments, yeah. and he could write songs. So it makes sense, as you might say, fingerprints would be, he'd be collaborating with Ringo. Yeah. And I used to do that as a joke oppression. <laughs> so the guy goes down there and he goes, he's walking along, and then he's doing it and get back to George Harrison. And so the boy genius kind of thing, and Lennon was off on his own journey at that point. But And also... That in the concert, uh, Peter Jackson gave him yeah. a clip so he could sing with Lennon. And, yes. Uh, well, how does that? So you, you realize how young Lennon was? I know. He's mm. just 28. I know. And you just go, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And Paul was, when I was watching him on the rooftop, when John was doing you know, his song, Don't Let Me Down, Paul is so engaged not cynical at all, and he's doing this incredible bass line, and yeah. they're smiling and laughing. And for all of us, romantically, because of what they meant to us, we want John and Paul. And for Paul, yes. the, his favorite part of the thing was them joking around and laughing, because yeah. yeah. that's, that's what he wants. We were. Yeah, he said that's how we wanted yeah. to be. Yeah. But, you know, time heals all wounds. What else have people well, make don't you own? have that with the cast yeah. that you were with? Uh, I mean, a yeah. thousand percent. Um, there, you could, We could run into anybody of our... Time. Well, also, Sandler's in the middle of it, churning them out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's always, and you just go, Rob Schneider's living on a, on a couch there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly gets into, you know, he gets yeah. a movie. <laughs> yeah, Rob talked about them getting famous. And we had, and then all of a sudden we had girlfriends, you yeah. know. <laughs> and there was some thing, or who thought of Cantori, the one where I had Victoria's Cantori. legs over my. No, Cantori's Who a really one. wrote that. <laughs> But you're right. It is like being in the Marines or something. Not literally. No, don't don't send me letters. But yeah, you see a castmate. Even running into Tracy Morgan, he goes, "Hey, alum, you know, yeah. there's a esprit de corps." Sure. I, I also mm. think I think Bill Murray said it once. You just can't explain what it's like being out there looking into the eyes of somebody else who's in that same scene. That is, mm. it's maybe not working. <laughs> or maybe it's working way, and you're way better. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, or working way better than you thought. The sparkle, just that contact of being in that heightened reality mm-hmm. uh, with that level of intensity, you can't really explain. And I'm sure pro athletes have that. I think it's, you know, dancers have it. Which is another great thing about the show is that you started having non-performers uh, host the show. I, I guess you had pro athletes in the 70s, but that's a reality show in itself. If the pro athlete is bombing or killing, it's just a pro, you know, Michael Jordan's going to try to be a, a, right, a but, sketch but player. Fran Tarkenton was yeah, you had in him. the 70s. Had, <laughs> had, <laughs> but also, I, I had Ralph Nader. I had a lot of people that I yeah. just admired. And so, was Ralph Nader, smart. for his entrance, uh, he was getting off the elevator at, uh, on 8. Hmm. And I said, I think if you were eating a hot dog, <laughs> that will help. Because he was so. He said, but I don't need hot dogs. I know, I know. That's that's why I think it'll work. It's part of the it's being sort of startling. the ultimate straight man. And he got the laugh, and it was like he lit you know, up. It's exciting. Just, oh, yeah. it's, ex- it's ridiculous. They compete. I mean, Peyton Manning. I mean, they give each other. They like Russell, and he, you know, was oh, he had one. Yeah, he was. He was fantastic. I, I was a huge fan, but it was just yeah. like you could call people, and they'd say, okay. Yeah. You know I, mean? I didn't and even know we, Bill Russell. You didn't also. know who watched the show because we were mostly in 8H. And then you go, oh, they're, they're watching. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Wayne Gretzky was so charming. I had Broderick Crawford was in some <laughs> FBI movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. The yeah. Broderick Crawford. And I go, I called him in and I said, uh, he was living in Ohio. And I, I called him and I said, we're doing the show. And it's called, said, yeah, I, I think I know it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you'd have to be here on the Monday and, the, you know, be this. And uh, I'm trying to reassure a man who does not need to be reassured. And uh, he said, all right, send me the ticket. <laughs> and send me the ticket for the plane ticket <laughs> an airplane you know, oh. an airplane you know and it's yeah. just, what I'm getting at is people just volunteered to come ah, ah. you know from Robert Mitchum Charlton Heston Robert Mitchum had one of the, my favorite monologue lines yes uh, about live and it's so dangerous and and what, you don't know what could go wrong and he said and I thought what's the worst that could happen I won't get that 119th movie <laughs> Yeah, and he landed it perfect. And he was so old school. He had a half gallon of Jack Daniels in his dressing room. He's an old-fashioned movie star. Yeah. Incredible to be around. Walken had that too. Walken is magic. Yeah. Yeah. Walken, you know, with Cowbell, I think I was just there doing a guest shot, and that thing, hearing Walken come out, I need more Cowbell. I mean, it was so... The cast, I mean, I know that Will had done it before, but once you got Walken and then Will, that's why it's just... Iconic, yeah, no, and and also the Continental, which he used to do, Continental was yeah, was one, yeah. an actual show that he would see. It was a local, <laughs> local New York fifteen minute show where this guy was on, and he wanted to do it, so he knew it perfectly. God, he was good, and in that, that single camera, ball yeah, yeah. with it with the, the like a white glove. Do you on. remember yeah. Bear Suits are funny and so, Bears as well? Was that a fake story? I, well, or it was Christopher Walken at the meeting, yeah, and we all went around pitching him, and he's kind of staring up in Christopher Walken, and then you said. Uh, Chris, and I remember him saying this in specific. If you remember, he just said non sequitur. Bear suits are funny, and bears as well. Bear suits are funny, <laughs> and, and then he thought, and bears as well. I just thought that was the greatest <laughs> non sequitur. And Lauren probably goes, write it up, <laughs> <laughs> write it up. Let's put you in a bear suit. Yeah. But that was the thrill of being around him. He was. Yeah, such there were a, a lot special. of people that you. Were either surprised or yeah. couldn't wait to meet or whatever. And John Goodman could do yeah. no wrong. Alec Baldwin Alec, was like my a, third show yeah. was Alec's first show, mm-hmm. and that was the Green Hilly, and it was he did the mimic, <laughs> he did all these. One of the things that I loved, great, but this is a Wayne's World thing, which you'll remember. I'll tune uh, in. He was doing Green Hilly. Green and, Hilly, I and remember you guys, Green Hilly. You guys were in the conference room waiting to see me about something. <laughs> and uh, and Franken was there waiting. To, she was, and I can't remember what I was doing, but Franken said out loud, "Can you imagine what it'd be like if we had a really good-looking guy?" Oh, in the cast? I remember <laughs> this one. Oh boy, yeah, that was all right. Both Daniel and Mike were like. Kind of looked at each other. Well, I know, I know. I thought Mike was more dim, but maybe I was too. I never can sit. I mean, I didn't have a chin. I can't be. I, I have a yeah. limit on how good looking I can be without yeah. a chin. Now I've got this. The ladies like. Oh, he he got up for an Emmy for that first show. Alec was kidding every sketch, and it was a. Uh, he came out of Hunt for Red October, and I was just like, I went in the meeting going, "Oh, this guy's a movie star." Like yeah. I was new. Oh, yeah. And I remember Victor. Did I interrupt you sir, just yeah, then? Victoria moment. would say. The second time Alec came in, non sequitur, Victoria, like on a Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do it again. Not this week. I'm not going to do it. And I go, what are you going to do? I'm not going to fall in love with him. I'm not going to fall in love with him. And then by Friday, I fell in love 
with him. Yeah, get behind But he me. just these eyes, and he, you know, he's just he was just yeah, yeah. And um, but you know, there were so many home run hitters on that when I got there, and all the writing, and uh, the Smigels and Handies, and we talk about it all the time. But it was just hard to. Uh, Lauren actually hung in there with me because it took a while to get my footing. I was trying to write and trying to write for you. It's hard to write for other people. I was just to stand up, so it's just to get it going, and then got a little Hollywood minute, then got some stuff, and it just. Thank God I got in there because it took me longer than most. And uh, Yeah, because one, he was in there too. Yeah, this So trick? you were oh, going to yeah. get those parts. Believe David me, let's go through my diary. I'll show yeah. you. David would sit behind me <laughs> and Lorma oh, say, David's behind. on deck. If you ever- David, ready? Dana looks tired. You're like, no, no. <laughs> I'd look back. I've been reading reading something from Huxley's. David's ready whenever you're ready to go. David, you were funny the first day I met you. Truly. Thank you. And there was David's never never a moment where I didn't think it was going to work. Yeah. Thank and you, you. your I'm last two wrong, years. But that, that time I was. <laughs> Have yeah. you seen cast members? I mean, there's so many that audition. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't say, I guess, if you felt like someone you missed on or someone. I'm sure there's some that just obviously I, get famous I think what later. happens is if there's no slot, do you know what I mean? If yeah. somebody does kind of what of that. you do, mm -hmm. then it's really Did hard. Actually, I think yeah. Nick Kroll, uh, we talked to him and he, he auditioned. And he's, he was, the first one, it made sense to me where he goes, they had great. me. Yeah. He goes, they great. had every yeah. move I do, and there's just, I'm an extra. So I'm an extra well, guy. Well, he looked doing, at Adam Sandberg and Bill yeah. Hader, and he yeah. locked him off, and he goes, and we talked about the packet. It wasn't personal. It was just yeah. those. And then, could, three years earlier, it would have worked three years later, but yeah. he was like, even but he knew what he goes. God, yeah. I mean, really, really funny. So that's just the way it is there. And, and when we're auditioning, we don't think that. We're just no. saying, oh, we want to be on, and- when Rob and I came on, kind of writer, performers, or maybe just writers. I mean, no one tells anybody anything. So Bernie just said, hey, just go there. <laughs> and also, Rob was doing making copies. Oh, yeah. He fucking, you know, and, yeah. And Which was a huge somehow thing. that just caught on. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know why it catches on. But Yeah. And then you run it into the ground. I mean, I first met <laughs> and then we <laughs> run it into the ground. <laughs> The jealousy hit a all time high when Sting came on looking like a stud, uh, and then we're stinging like a ding dong. And then he go, You want to be in cop machine? He's like, Yeah, I'm like, God damn. So it's it just you have Sting to sit on sidelines and go, Good job. And you go, What am I doing here? It's making copies. Yeah, but it, you know what? And you can't argue it. It's funny, it was original. Yeah, no, no, no go, Rob God, that's has a great a one. Rob is a great talent. writer, He's too. Great. He's just, He's musical um, and he can write. And uh, it, you know. it was so fun to be around these movie stars that are nervous and scared about going and do or musicians or your know, yeah. sting. Yeah. I remember we were yeah. doing the elevator sketch and he's in. We're in between. He goes, "How's my hair? How's my hair?" He's asking me. You know, yeah. it's like, and they're really vulnerable. And they got to, and you know, I told Michael Jordan, "If you space out, just read it off the card." It's a very fascinating part well, of this whole flailing. They don't know what to do. They're yeah. scared and. If you get to talk to them, they don't know that we're lowly writers. They're like, what do I do here? And I'm like, are you talking to me? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, Jeremy Irons. I remember his show. Yeah. Uh, Hello. Was <laughs> Saturday, but the Oscars were the Sunday. Mm -hmm. And he was nominated for Best Actor. Oh, wow. And I, I, I knew him from a play he'd done with Mike Nichols. And, I, you know, he was a great mm -hmm. actor, obviously. Yeah. And they were doing a Sherlock Holmes uh, sketch. <laughs> and I, I won't name the writer, but they're like in there teaching him an English accent. Right. You know, like, no, no, it's more this. And, and you just go, you know, uh, and uh, you just go, well, you know, he's, and then he won Best Actor. In the yeah. Movie, but you just go, 
or you think, but the the passion and blindness of comedy writers. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Won't. Of like, no, you don't get it. It's like this, yeah. and you go, and so confident. But performers have witnessed and felt death yes. out there, yes. so they never are confident because they actually know the job. Mm. But writers are like, no, <sighs> come on, you know. Yeah. And I remember George Meyer when he was on the show, and he was show really dying, and he would just. <laughs> You'd sort of see himself throwing his body against the wall at dress rehearsal when someone blew a line, yeah. you know. And that's why animation works better, you know, because mm -hmm. they because they, they they do obey. exactly what they're told. But yeah. performers can either give you that exhilaration of like they took it off the paper and now it's this other thing that will always be that, yeah. As opposed to you got to laugh at the end of the line, you know. I think I was doing a courtroom thing as Johnny Carson, as Johnny Cochran or something, and Smigel had written it, and he's putting all these birds and things on me. <laughs> it's like, and it's five, four, three, and it's a cockatoo. I go, Robert, enough. I got to do this thing. You know? Come on. Robert is relentless that way, yeah. which we love him for. He's, yeah. He, and he, he wants to be performing. Oh, he loves to perform. Yeah. But we, we had some great collaborations yeah. together. He was he was good with rhythms and, you know. Yeah. Um, no. So- so this new season, uh -huh. excited. How is yeah. your? How, I mean, uh, you're pulling up your socks. You're feeling good. You're just eyes wide open. Uh, <laughs> I think we, you know, uh, it was, you know, we had to, we ended the season with goodbyes. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly yes. Kate and Actually said it, yeah, and, yeah mm -hmm. and Pete, and, and so dealing with that, it just had that valedictory mm -hmm. thing, uh, which we did with. Kristen Wiig as well. We've done it a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, and it just, you just slipped out in the dead of night. I, I, and, you know, yeah. I bring it on Bernie. <laughs> you gotta go now, Irish kid, Or you'll never go. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know why I did that. I, you know, a lot of people on this, just anecdotally, without naming names, kind of like, go, why did I leave? Because some of them left voluntarily. Yeah. And why was I so angry? Yeah. And what was I thinking? And for me personally, I had so many inputs coming at me. Yeah. I got too hot, too big. It's like Mickey Rooney in the Twilight Zone because of Wayne's yeah. World and all the political stuff. So I was sort of lost, but yeah. But I, I was envious and thought it was sweet when Cape and people got a little send off. It's sweet. Yeah. Mm. And also, I think there's something about uh, it can't be everything, the show. And it is for so long, and then mm -hmm. then you could, but if you're ever gonna leave, you know, and so yeah. you have to leave at some point. Yeah, mm -hmm. but Except it, for it's Keenan. also that uh, there, you're never gonna feel that intensity of that because it's it's yeah. its own sport. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And you're in Hall of Fame. Never as hard. Yeah, I went no. to a sitcom and it was great people, great actors, and I go. This is just not the same. It's just not as tough. And people writing for me, and I go, this is unbelievable. And also, it's all SNL is all risk, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no safety net, and there's also no uh, guarantee that it's going to work on you're, air. Or you're going to, or you're yeah. going to be on. I no, mean, like you're walking through the hallway, and it's like twenty to one, and they go, and you're in your outfit, and they go, "Gap Girls is cut." <laughs> you can't <laughs> on the air, and you're in the. Dress. Well, I already made it this yeah. far. <laughs> go back to your rooms immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything that's cut on it, that's the tough because that's that's again, there's no guarantees, and now we tend to play some of those. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, we you guys play dress or you can play. Well, doesn't Saturday Night Live, I, I think I read this, gets like, I don't know, uh, two almost 2 billion YouTube views. Isn't it, it number one? YouTube foreign is yeah. huge. It must be oh, just wow. huge. Yeah. And, and what's happened is, uh, uh, 
Lewis Hamilton, the race car driver, was at a party last mm -hmm. season. And he talked to me, he said, well, I grew up watching the show. And I go, you're in England. How do you watch the show? You know, I, you forget that it's it's yeah. all online and people. Mm -hmm. And then I think when they see the contemporary stuff, then they go back and look at the, you know, the shows. from Yeah. And there was a period about 15 years ago when writers coming in who had not been alive for the first, you know, five or 10 years. Yeah. We had a server where they could just go on. So sometimes people yeah. would watch two or three shows before on Tuesday night before they started. Ah. But I'll, I'll use an example. I'll say, well, I think we did that with Bill Murray. And then now I look out into a room of like, okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> Who's Bill Murray? I'm talking about 45 yeah. years yeah. ago. Yeah. You know, like, so it's a. Uh, I think Peacock probably has all the old ones, maybe. Anyway. It's all. Everyone has it on their laptop. I mean, every sketch, yeah. right? Because when I was there meeting John Mulaney and Bill Hader, yeah. I'm like, oh, what do you guys want to do? They go, we like Mickey Rooney when I yeah. did Mickey Rooney. <laughs> like, really? And they, they brought yeah, it up immediately. That. So and, and Bill, you know, when I've talked to Bill somewhat seriously about his time there, Mm -hmm. He he was frightened. He talked about the panic yeah, and attacks. And I go, it's so interesting because I'm pretty good at reading that stuff. Yeah. But he was so good on air yeah. and so original. And I mean, he auditioned with Vincent Price. Yes. And <laughs> who does that? <laughs> and James Mason. Yeah. Now, I, they were in my childhood. I don't know how we get it. And things got. To Oklahoma later, but it was just a uh, so original and right away. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Vinnie Bederci and all all of that stuff. And you go so such an original comedy voice. Yeah, you know we know what else he can do, but he was truly funny. So good. Oh yeah, his rhythms like and the Vincent Price thing. It didn't even matter if you knew Vincent Price. Just no that his knew. party's being ruined and yeah. he's being very <laughs> trying to pull it together. Well, okay, thank you. And it was Tony Fields. I don't know who was coming to Tony Fields. Tony Fields. But he said he was just, you know, almost in tears in the bathroom and yeah. on 8H. Yeah. You know, um, I had, you could, if anyone wanted to see Church Chat, my hand was drenched in sweat. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of controlling of course. adrenal. And sure. you don't know. Five seconds before, you still don't know whether it's going to work or whether, but there is that thing of like it brings out the best in you. And and when you win, you really can feel it. Yeah. Well, you can't. There's nothing like the first big laugh to relax you. You're just not relaxed. And the very first time I said, well, isn't that special? I got such a big laugh. That I finally went, ah. But know? also, there's a period in which they like, you know, you probably have three or four years where they, they just get a laugh at whatever you do because they – they think you know more than they do, mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and they're just ex so excited to see you. And that that been happening for the last ten years or so. Mm -hmm. You just could kind of feel in the room, and I'm going. I don't think that's going to play. And they go, No, of course it's going to play yeah, because it's, these guys. it's those people doing yeah. it. Looking to save on delivery? Dash Bash from DoorDash is your door to zero dollar delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, Dash Pass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, 
and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, Mm -hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it. Price matters. I mean, that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David, and find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, or, bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings, Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions. Like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You give right. them a little information and they'll go. Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah, we're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant and it's like <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns mm-hmm. shop blue nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to blue today that's blue there was once when we were in the monday meeting and i thought uh, i don't know if we had like a dry spell but i was in the money meeting and the hosts who shall remain nameless but i go i think mike and dana are more famous than the host and, you know, it, the cast gets so big sometimes like that, and they're so well-known. And we always, I mean, you always uh, have, to this day, huge hosts and great people that come in from all areas. And Kim Kardashian did a great job, and that was sort of out of the blue. And uh, just that's great that you keep doing that, and something's working there where, the, A, they all want to do it still and yeah. get that one thing because they hear about it. And they all walk away going, it went too fast and it was too great. And I, if I do it again, I know what I'm doing this time. But also hosting everybody, you know, there's 150 people. They're all there to make you look good. Yeah. So you're the center of it. And yeah. it's just a different experience. Unless you're Steven Seagal, you believe that. Hmm? <laughs> Steven yeah. Seagal, my favorite host. So one that you like, you guys started, uh, which was kind of interesting, having the women play uh-huh. men. 
because that wasn't happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in in the in the and that just sort of happened organically. And Kate McGinnon did a lot of men and other things. Was that just a, just sort of happened? You went with it. It's just a new I, flavor. I, think I, I mean, if if you're me, you're always going to go with the funniest take. Mm -hmm. sure. So it doesn't. Gender isn't the issue. It's just right, like right. who's got that voice. Well, Kate had yeah. the audience in the yeah. Palmer hand, and, and I think she Melissa was so McCarthy great. That, played uh, Sean Spicer. Yeah, yeah. She played Sean Spicer. Which was, and and Trump was furious about it. From what? Oh, oh was really? Trump? Yeah. That taking well, it. Well, I mean, not because good. it's like they're having a woman play you. Do you know what oh. I mean? Mm. I, I think oh wow! Yeah. Very not, old, old-fashioned maleness. Yeah. Stuff. I think at some point he liked what Alec was doing. He did. No, I think at the beginning. Maybe. <laughs> the first five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just unique because we knew that Alec obviously didn't favor his politics. And yeah. then he started to not like Alec. And it was a public thing. Yeah. And before, it was sort of hidden if Daryl Hammond's doing Al Gore. No yeah. one really knows his politics or whatever. So that was a new new kind of flavor as well. Yeah. And also, we did things that we wouldn't do now, you know, with John Goodman playing Linda Tripp or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like. So it was just, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and- I think you sort of standards and boundaries change, and yeah, you know things that you could do. You know, uh, Franken did a Franken always stretched the envelope. <laughs> a piece, yeah, I think it was with Garrett Morris and Julian Bond, mm -hmm. and it was about uh, it was a black talk show, and it had a line about. Uh, that light skinned black people are are you know smarter than dark skinned. <laughs> oh God! It's Franken. Hello, you know like what? And but what I'm getting at is, we could then there was no malice in it. It was mm. just like that thing of what can't you say? And, yeah, right. Uh, in regular TV world, world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like when anyone gained seven pounds. The next week, Farley was playing them. Yeah. That was like, his job was like, it <laughs> I, was always brutal. I yeah. used to say this thing about when you guys were filming, because uh, you were up in Toronto, we, I was down there doing the show, then I'd come up and whatever, but yeah. I'd say, and I'd see dailies, and you, your way of handling stress was, you know, you'd have a banana and whatever, and yeah. it'd be like that. <laughs> and yeah. Farley's would just be to continue. You'd lose weight and he'd gain weight. But the weight <laughs> in the frame stayed the same. Yeah, yeah. It was always, it was always a constant. Out, you know, yeah. and it I, always uh, looked normal. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We'd go back and forth from Toronto with yeah. Eric Newman on the flight with us. Yes. Where's so. his? Are, are you going to ever write a book, Lauren? Because no. Meghan Markle did. I, no. 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 I, I think the hard part <laughs> is uh, you can't tell the truth or you don't want to yeah. bury yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, names I think you go then – would you have to be married? Did that actually happen? Do you know what I mean? You, you know, you, you have go, to cross-check yourself too. Well, it's just yeah. you go, your memory. Uh, right. I have a good memory. It's not that. Incredible. It's just like, well, what? Did that actually happen? A hundred percent. Because Dana and I even would tell stories and we would disagree. And I'm like, God, you're right. And I go, I remembered it this whole time a certain way and it was yeah. not. And it just something that happens like that so you just don't know yeah and and that's why they do all that stuff in murder trials it's like the people swear they saw this person yeah. leave and and no they yeah. didn't yeah. and you just go and yeah then they execute you and you go no way we found we no, figured no. it out oh I, yeah. and when it comes to taking credit i think it's a normal human thing to kind of trend your memory toward favoring yourself yeah, yeah. a little bit but you want to cross check it with other people 
Am I remembering this right? Like, was there was there ever a horse on the show or a horse on yeah, 8-H? Alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of horses. Because okay. during, so. during dinner, I <laughs> was over in my cubicle arranging things, mm -hmm. and I saw Keith Richard walking by himself, <laughs> walking up to the horse, and he held his horse's head in his hand. He said, look at you. You're a fucking horse. <laughs> That's, I swear to God, that's what he said. And then he just went back to his dressing room. Meandered back. But I was saying, did I remember that correctly? Yeah. There was well, a horse. The first Lots time we did it was uh, when Mr. Ed died. Uh, <laughs> and it was a news story. And uh, Chevy could do Mr. Ed's voice. And Wilbur. so he, yeah, exactly, yeah. Wilbur. Yeah, and Wilbur. Uh, he, we got the horse in the studio and then he's interviewing the horse in the last interview, you know, and mm -hmm. he'd be doing both parts. So when when the horse was talking, talking it would be Chevy. Chevy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Must have killed. Chevy, Horses, giraffes. We had monkeys. Uh, we had a camel about <laughs> four years ago. No, maybe longer now. Uh, and it got off. The, every camel works at Christmas. It's not yeah, like you yeah. get hold of it's a camel. It's work. The major so there was thing. One yeah. that was, uh, they, they lied about how big it was. <laughs> the Kenny Amon was They're like, scary. Kenny Amon. Hey, David. So he came off the elevator, and then the hump, uh, you can call it a hump, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, so. The hump sure. got mm -hmm. stuck in the tiles. Because it was so tall. the ceiling. Yeah. So it was just stuck. There was no getting it there. And then we're going, but we're, we're on the air. We have to get. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they got Cut a donkey, the made it look like a camel. It was like that kind of uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing Did show. Did Bill yeah. Murray punch Chevy or is that a fake story from the old days? They got into a fight. They yeah, were that probably. That was. Year and three. John, I think, provoked it a little bit. You know? <laughs> uh, I love John. <laughs> it was probably my mistake because I was bringing Chevy back to host. Mm -hmm. But it was three, it was two, a season and a half after he left. And uh, which just made sense. The musical guest on that show was the very young Billy Joel. Ah, oh, I love him. And uh, they got into a, a skirmish just in front, you know, like by the page desk. Yeah. 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 And uh, and then Jeff had to come out and do the monologue. Oh, wow. So it was like- uh, Both six foot four, basically. Yeah. So and it was it just was... a, it, the, the show was sort of white hot. Mm -hmm. And it was, John always felt in Lemmings, which is the time they'd worked together before the mm -hmm. show, John was the star and mm -hmm. Chevy was not. Mm. And so, and was like sort of third billing. And Chris, you know, uh, is involved in that show too, Chris Guest. And you mm -hmm. kind of go, so there was already like, this is how we see you. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Chevy, Chevy exploded. But Chevy was such and a that, monster yeah. star. But also uh, because he said his name, you know, on yeah. update. Right. I'm yeah. Chevy Chase yeah. and you're not. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Well, and he's a big mm -hmm. dude, great looking dude. Yeah. Movie star by then, right? Coming yeah. back after. I always tell you when I run into Chevy, we're going to have Chevy on the podcast. I try to compliment him, but sometimes he doesn't know. He's a little, but I, I tell people, if you want to know how great he was, is as a film actor, look at Caddyshack, where Bill Murray is in his full prime groundsman character with the mouth off of the side. And they're together going through this scene and Chevy does his Buster Keaton or whatever you want to call how still his face was. 
and then his physicality. It's like a master class in fi comic yeah. film acting. He got he gets uh, beat up a lot, and, and people uh, forget what a seems great like old time movie huge. actor yeah. and star. You know, I mean, just it's it's a thing. It was it was like uh, such a huge thing. Yeah, you know, by the end of the first season, and it was like way too much to handle, and yeah. uh, it became. Uh, particularly hard for he and I because we wrote together, and so we were very right. close. And so it was heading in two different directions. And then he became a movie star. Yeah. Sure, but then saying ever since he kind of even when he would come to host, he'd say, "Don't don't leave too soon." He yeah. felt he wished Hell, he'd yeah. done more seasons because that was that. Work. It was a yeah. Uh, emotionally, he wasn't ready to leave, and also he was that other thing, really proud of what we'd done. Yeah. With the show, yeah. so it and then was he had to see it still be huge and, yeah. and grow. The Blues Saturday. Brothers and yeah, and, and when listen when at the end of the first season, uh, I won three Emmy awards: one for Lily Tomlin, Richard Pryor thing I'd done the year before. Nice. And uh, uh, Richard Pryor, who I'd worked with, we had dinner uh, at Dantana's, so you know we were yeah. you know feeling pretty good about ourselves, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> He was offered a three-picture deal at Universal, and he said, this is what we wanted. Do you know what I mean? Comedians did not get movies. Yeah. Right. You know, and it was like, uh, and I thought, I've just been through my championship season. It's not going to, I wrote everything I ever wanted to write all, you know, at least mm -hmm. twice in that season. So it was like, oh, you could, you could get off stage now and, you know. Wow. And I went, I can't do that. Everybody else has to stay for five years. You know what's that? But uh, I think that if you'd said to me then that I would be still doing it and that I would have found so many other things that were there that I didn't know at the beginning, that were not part of the original design or mm -hmm. whatever, uh, things that it grew into or that it that it does, or that its influence would be just as strong politically mm -hmm. as it is you and know, music keep, or keep discovering uh, super talented yeah. people yeah. and being launched from your yeah. show to have careers. Also, they kind of find us now. Yeah. You know, in the yeah. 70s, you had to go out and recruit, but I think people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I liked it staying alive because there was, there was a time there, like obviously we were on. If you missed the show, you had to get the rerun six months yeah. later. And if, you, and if you missed that, you had to catch it. was luckily on the best of yeah. in the summer. But there was a time there when people hadn't seen some of the old ones. And then it was on the E channel. And then now you can see it all. So it's. And, and it, it's know. interesting. It's like Emma Stone grew up on Best of Gilda Radner. Wow. And huh. those sort of best of, you know, like yeah. all those best of, you're in them. I mean, mm -hmm. but we stopped doing them because the VCR thing. No, right, it wasn't really. Yeah, and other they're all on YouTube. It. Yeah, pretty much. But people wore those out. I think uh, Kate McKinnon had one of those. One of the last yeah. ones, probably. Oh, yeah, best they had of? like yeah. three movies, which was great. Yeah. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, Lauren, we'll take yeah. a twenty-minute break and, back <laughs> and, and start and the podcast. Two. I just, uh, uh, I, we yeah. just want to thank you for yeah. doing and you know, this. We didn't talk about anybody dying. We didn't. There was a lot. No. Do you want to? No. Oh. No, I'm, no, I'm good. I mean, but it, uh, we were there for a lot of that. A lot of big ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two of my bandmates for sure. Yeah. And I was just at Catalina Island, and that's where Ooh. Phil's ashes are. Do you remember? Do you remember one? John at the memorial? John Lovitz. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> What'd he do? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> we just talked about Phil. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, well. Uh, but they, they couldn't have been closer. Yeah. And they could, you know, that sketch, which is a growling sketch that we finally did. Yeah. Know, yeah. What's the word on the street? <laughs> What's the word on the street? They were doing the gangster thing so much before we premiered mm -hmm. with the first show. Yeah. Remember Dynamite on Tony? Did they do anything else? He was like, how are you doing? Yeah. What are you? What are they saying? What, <laughs> do you mean, what are they saying? You know, they just did it uh, spastically. Love it. Still yeah. so funny. I see him all the time. And in Three Amigos, I did it with them. That was yes. that, that yeah. scene, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. John is, yeah, he's yeah. he's supernaturally funny. He's, yeah. he's a, a, do you see him? Do you see John? I do see John, yeah. Yes. I talk to him a lot. He's he's on the road or he's at a he's hotel with Jerry, his dog, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer, and, you know, he's just, see, there's only one John. He still is <laughs> so funny So you're talking dinner. to Lauren. One of the most naturally funny people. He is, really. And Where did that come from? People, like, when they see him, they all know him. He looks exactly the same. They all come up. I yeah, love he, came, he came back to play somebody like three, four years ago mm -hmm. in a cold opening, and he destroyed a dress. And I said, John, you got to make sure you're on your mark before you go, <laughs> you know, like that. And he was just off camera, just slightly oh, off no. camera. The live audience was going nuts. But oh, you know what I how thought? Heartbreaking. He, because he's it's still all natural. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It right. Isn't, so that's the moment he felt to do it, as yeah. opposed to three, two, one, yeah. get to my spot yeah. and then yeah. do it. Yeah, like yeah. Hartman would have been on camera for sure. Who Hartman? Hartman. Oh, yeah. Phil was. I mean, his binder was so meticulous. His yeah. office meticulous. He was in so many sketches, and then he would just in between takes or when we're rehearsing, he would just be looking at Evan. I Rude couldn't believe he'd look at something else. I go, you're not. He looked at boats and his plane. He had he a was wired. Yeah, Renaissance he was. person. Yeah, yeah, but smart.
Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, buddy. It's been great getting to know you guys. Yes, and, uh, it's nice to meet uh, you. I really feel like I know you now. Yeah, and yeah, uh, exactly. No, thank you for I'm doing this, here. Lauren. Goodbye. Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. We have a question here. Great. Who will take over for Lorne? How will the show adjust and move forward? Well, 75 people ask this question. Yeah, 75 plus. From the same email. We get a lot of questions. Oh, this is the question address. we get a lot. Okay, I would say we did touch on it. I don't think he's going to want to talk about it because no, it means retiring. And I don't think anyone wants to retire. I don't know if right he can handle the stress or if he wants to give it away or if people will say, oh, ever since Lauren left, it's just a great excuse to say, oh, the show went We down. did, and it was kind of a joke, but sort of serious. We offered ourselves up to take over yeah. as co-producers mm -hmm. and Lauren's eyes got real big and he just went, right. Right. And I said, or we could just take the money and we do nothing. Just get the credit yeah. and then stir that credit and then work at the podcast. And then just see if it does I'll say it on its own. Philosophically, off the top of my head, yeah. I do think it's tough to replace Lorne because he works in so many invisible ways. And that is the relationship with the bosses. Because I'm for years, and we touched on this, but it's I don't- It's very complicated. They're always, when the show's ratings are down, sorry, I had a little nip. When the show's ratings are down, they want to change it. They want, it's got to be taped or you can't. Lauren was so vigilant about keeping it exactly the same. That's why mm -hmm. you go back and it's a little bit creepy in there because it's like going back to high school. It's cool. Now, the, the, the only thing different now when you go back is all the photos when you walk down that first hall mm -hmm. are all so historical because it's every big star doing a big sketch and you're like, whoa, all right here. Yep. All the history of almost 50 years. So I don't know. You know, there's names. There's Tina Fey. They're perfectly capable if she wanted it. Um, Steve there's, Higgins. There's Higgins. There's Downey. Mm -hmm. There's uh, who wants the job, who can handle it. Remember Apatow talked about it? Yeah, we? he's a, a producer. Uh, I mean, you know, Ap Apatow could do it. Um, maybe he wouldn't be as close enough to the show so he'd get some resistance, but, but he Lauren, obviously knows what he's doing. Lauren took over as such a young man. It feels like it needs young. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, the show is already adjusting just culturally. It's it's evolving. You know, when I was on, there was like six cast members. Now there's there has to be- 600. 20 or 25. Well, they were 600 for a while. <laughs> um, okay, I'll ask you a question, David. Who yeah. would be the biggest surprise you could think of Ooh. that would take over for Lauren? I have I have my answer, but let's hear yours. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all they all the so biggest offensive. surprise. So oh, they're offensive. Oh, Why know. are they offensive? Because it sounds like they don't have a good career if I say their name. Like, well, no, so they're funny. becoming executive producers. Okay, what's yours? Then I'll decide. John Levitt. I'm producing now. You? You're in the cold out. opening. Do you know what a cold opening is? It's the beginning. No. Oh, that was my joke. Maybe one. you should try acting. So that would be my surprise one. But the that truth is nobody knows. It's three years from now. And uh, But the 50th is. We did talk about the 50th. Though. And Lauren has not announced his retirement officially no, at all. No. It just feels like 50 is like, you know, it's halfway to 100. Dana, why are you pushing me out the door? I just want your couch. That's what I told him. <laughs> He's got popcorn. He's a popcorn guy. Uh, Tootsie, Tootsie Rolls. Well, uh, I we guess actually this, don't have an answer this for this question. question. Is petering out, but yeah. we don't like to stop talking. So- 
Thank you for asking. And the answer is, we don't know. We could have said three, four minutes ago, we don't know. <laughs> Instead, we, we're narcissists and we like the sound of our own voice. So thank you, 75 plus. Yeah, we want to cram one All more All from added. the same email address. You know who you are. It's Lauren himself. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> Lauren at Lauren.com. Okay, thanks, guys. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 